hey y'all you know um you got the dead doctor has left behind a dirty little secret well i don't want to get into that though but um it has something to do with like cheating and mistresses and all that stuff i mean i don't know what you would call it though i mean well, anyway, you know, it's the end of February and um, Lord of the Order is coming back to TV, so let's get to it. You are now listening to Twisted, a Law and Order SVU podcast where we recap and break down past episodes of Law and Order SVU. You can hear us out on Spotify, Anchor FM, WordPress, or in any other streaming service. And now, here's your host, Brian Rose. y'all how y'all doing um this is mr bd rose and you're listening to twisted a lord order svu podcast and where i recap episodes of lord order svu starting from the first season onward and all that stuff though so i want you to thank y'all for listening and all that stuff so um anyway um how was your weekend me, I feel so drained, and I had like a busy week so far. Oh man, I've been doing my night job and stuff like that, though. Oh man, sometimes you know, I feel a little tired, and then I mean, I mean, I'm just losing a little bit of energy, man. I need some mended made, some orange juice or something. I need, I need to boost my energy up, though. Oh, and speaking about energy, you know, I've started making my own iced tea. And um, um, I usually buy um, Arizona iced tea from the store, but um, got too much high fructose corn syrup. So I figured maybe I could make some iced tea from scratch. And I did. I just boiled the water, put tea bags in it, and then to put a tea bag in it, let it cool down, add a little cane sugar, put it in the fridge, and then... It tastes, it, it tastes naturally brewed, man. I mean, all that high fructose corn syrup or corn syrup, stuff like that, it's not all good for your system, though. All right, so you got to be self-conscious because I don't want y'all to get diabetes and shit like that, though. All right, so I just want to let you know that I got some news for you that uh, the original Lord Order is coming back. This week on NBC, and now uh, let's get to it. Yeah, you hear that sound? Yes, 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 yes. The original the original Lord Order is coming back to NBC this week, February 24th. And the show is coming back after a 12-year hiatus. You know these jerk-offs from NBC, they canceled it 12 years ago. Low, because maybe low ratings and uh, some cost so expensive, whatchamacallit. I mean, I don't know. I think they've both been blindsided. But he... Did his best to bring the show back a couple of times, you know, like, um, and, um, somehow, you know, it's just that, um, they were this close of time breaking the record of the, this old Western TV show, Gunsmoke. Well, I mean, but they got canceled, but however, you know, this, uh, this spinoff SVU broke, smashed that record back in 2019. And right now SVU is in the 23rd season. So, the SVU was there first, bringing the record. Now, 
Larry Lord or was, I don't know. I mean, he's probably going to be the next one. I'm not sure, but hey. I mean, he fought so hard about that, though. So you know that um, Lord Order aired on NBC from 1990 to, uh, to 2010. And um, it ran on NBC Thursday nights. And you know that um, the detective Lenny Briscoe was a fan favorite. I know you like him, right? So, speaking of Law and Order, though, I used to watch reruns of Law and Order when it was on when it was on A and E, A&E back in the nineteen nineties. So, um, I haven't started watching Law and Order until about maybe ninety three or ninety four. So, however, when they put it in reruns, though, I wanted to look back at the old episodes with the, like the original cast and all the stuff. And I gotta admit, I liked Detective Mike Logan because he had that long leather jacket on, though. Yeah, yeah, he looking sharp, man. Show that long leather jacket and all that stuff, though. Looking like a white, white shaft. And even though Chris Loth has his sexual allegations against him and shit like that, so I mean, that's another story. Now, I mean, I, I'm right now he, and um, anyway, so speaking about that, um, Law and Order. I'm telling, I'm gonna tell you, man. I mean, I be watched. I we used to watch that show every week when it was on NBC, or. During daily, you know, from Monday to Friday when it was when it was on E, so I was a loyal fan of Lord Order until maybe like mid two thousand something like that. Because when the, that was a time when the Jerry Orbach left the show and then he later died. Though, however, though he was supposed he was on the original Law and Order spinoff Law and Order Trial by Jury, but the day um, after a couple of episodes, Jerry Orbach had passed away, cancer. Yeah, it's messed up though. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, and speaking about Law and Order, though, I mean, I heard that the you know, Anthony Anderson's coming back, and uh, the real McCoy, Sam Morris is coming back, and then they got these new cast members over here, like um, um, that guy from Burn Notice. His name is Jeffrey Donovan. And you got that Hugh Dancy, the British dude, Hugh Dancy. Um, he was on Hannibal. And you got that big girl from the practice camera in my hand. She's going to be playing the lieutenant, though. And you got this uh, Middle Eastern chick, though, I think his name is Adelia or something like that, though. Hmm. She's new. And this is going to be the same. It's going to be ripped from the headlines, and it's going to follow the original format. Well, I'm going to go check it out. But... I'm not. I'm gonna be working, so I'll probably catch it on Peacock or maybe some on demand, something like that. The way I get a chance, though. So, and I usually work at a night job because I don't usually be home till like about late. Jeez, so, and um, but I was speaking about Law and Order, they had like a uh, some kind of a media conference, conference, something like that last week, and then they had uh, stars from the original Law and Order. And from um, SVU and Organized Crime. So, this coming Thursday, we're going to be having a three-hour block of Law and Order. That's starting with the Law and Order regular, then SVU, then Organized Crime. So, it's like a Law and Order Thursdays is complete. Like a whole Thursday night of Law and Order. I mean, and on NBC. So Wednesdays, they have Chicago Wednesdays, and then that was Law & Order Thursdays and stuff like that. So it's like a three-hour block a three hour block of Law & Order. You know, it's like um three hours of Law & Order. I love it like that, though. So which one would you prefer? Either one or watch all of them. And, um, you know, back, back by the way, back to the press conference, they have Benson and Steve. They're holding hands, so... Hopefully, though, when they have these three Law & Order shows, shows together, there might be possible crossovers. Now, I heard that one of the Illuminati is going to pop up, but they're just keeping it hush-hush. So hopefully we'll see what's going to happen. Just like um, Andy Cohen said, watch what happens live. Okay, now, now let's go and get to the SVU episode I'm talking about right here. Talking about like some plots, some crazy shit going on around here. So let's go. Let's go. All right. And just a reminder, right? 
the the twenty first season of Law and Order will premiere on NBC on February twenty fourth at eight PM. All right. So it's otherwise it's the return of the, the original Law and Order, right? They should have they should have axed that show in the first place. All right, so it's just a reminder, okay? I forgot to put it on there. Okay, so let's go to today's episode. All right, we're on Law and Order SVU season three, episode five, Tangled. And it aired on NBC on October 26, 2001. And it's directed by John Day Zigglesack. And he's directing, you know, the episode. And I just want to remind you that, like, or like maybe like almost like several episodes were filmed before 9 11. So, um, you can see these people wearing the winter clothes and then, you know, other ways stuff. But, all right. So, um, so, I mean, sometimes for obvious reasons, you know, like, you know, they, they're the non existent riot strike. They probably filmed this like months before 9 11 had happened. So, they just started season three in advance, you know. So, okay. Now we go, we get to the cold open and we see. We're in this guy's apartment, right? And then these uh, group of friends, they come into the apartment. They plan to have like a surprise party for this guy who lives there. Oh, by the way, his name is Max. And um, so the friends, you know, they get the key. They enter Max's apartment. You know, the apartment is owned by Max, right? So um, they... Max's friends comes in, tries to surprise them, and then all of a sudden they hear a uh, broken glass. And one of them friends says, "Oh, it's a burglar! Come on, let's go! Let's go! Let's just let's go get some get him." They take out their wine bottles, pretending to attack the burglar and something like that. So when they come to the living room, they see Max bound with duct tape, and he's he's bloodied. And he's probably been dead. And check this out, though. His wife, they find his Max's wife lying on the table, raped. That shit. That is, that is some crazy stuff right there. So later on, Benson and Sabler and the cops, so they arrive, they arrive in a crime scene and they search the apartment. Turns out that, um, that, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, the husband had a viewing office, had to watch his wife being raped. Husband gets a front row viewing of his wife being raped. She gets to watch him get beaten to death. Back door was open? Yeah. Party guest said they heard something crash in the kitchen. Did his beer bottle cook got spilled when we heard him come in? Left in the service door. Yeah, but how'd he get in here? Well, the lock wasn't Jimmy. Had a bag of spilled garbage out here. It'd be a push. His wife's probably only alive because that guy got the munchies. Preserving batch of that food for saliva and bite marks. You're gonna want to get this too. Some birthday, huh? Okay, so so the perv he left um, some some food on the counter and check this out though, he took a slice of a birthday cake with his bare hands. Damn, this perf is like a caveman, like Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, all right, we go through the opening credits and then we get Dr. Warner coming in and she's checking the corpse on Max and all that stuff, though. If you look closely, you'll see the slip grip was cross hatched. Oh. It's a waffle pattern, like a ping pong paddle. Exactly. That distinct texture coupled with the size of the grip are consistent with, uh, here it is, a Ruger P94 9mm. She's good. Victims have a pet? Uh, nothing we help. Found some hairs in the adhesive residue on his skin from the duct tape. Probably dog or cat. Just make your job easier, cut along the dotted line. Most likely had bypass surgery sometime within the last year. Medical magic saves this guy from death, only to make him suffer through this hell. You gotta love to the Maratuni, right? So anyway, so as I was saying, not not no no not what I was saying, but you know, Doctor Warner, right? She tells she tells Benson and Stable at the morgue that uh, Max was being pistol whipped by the perp like many times and all that stuff, though. 
and turns out that um that um she found um it was a it was done by probably like a ninety four or gun something like that. And Doctor Warner also found like some cat, cat DNA from the victim while he was duct taping all that stuff. So, and it turns out that Max had some bypass surgery. So, probably prior though. So I don't know. I mean, you got Doctor Warner doing that job and stuff like that. Make it easy though. I mean, you, don't you like it when you have Tamara tuning in on every in every episode of SVU though? I mean. They should they should have a back on SVU, you know what I'm saying? Let me get myself comfortable over here, right? Okay, we're at the hospital right now, and Max's wife, who 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 will be later identified as Peyton, though, she talks to Benson the Stabler on from her bedside. And tells Benson Stabler that Max smelled tuna fish and then he was gonna take out the garbage and she t- she told them that they were running late to go out, stuff like that, though, but he insisted. As soon as he came, he, he stepped out of the apartment for a second to take out the garbage. As soon as he came, be- as soon as he came back, you know, the, that um, the perp was holding a gun in his head and he had a ski mask on. And next thing he knows that um, he, the perp force ordered her to put duct tape around her husband, Max. And next thing you know is that the perp was beating Max with his gun, beating his ass with a gun, something like that. Next thing you know, he comes in and rape, rapes the wife. And then he beats the husband again. And then all of a sudden, he just he just stopped fighting. I mean, he just died just like that, though. And um, and it tells you, you know, the pain describes her attack. You know, that they tell him that the guy had never said a word. Damn. It, that is something. I mean, he spent like two hours beating the shit out of Max, and then he raped the wife. Man, that is sick. I mean, why? What's his motive and all that stuff? I don't know what is going on. I mean, that's that dude is foul, man. I mean, yo, you rape a woman, you, then that the punishment for that is death, according to the Bible. You know, if a if a if a man rapes a woman, the punishment is death. But this guy is sick. I mean, he had a ski mask. He beats the husband to death and then he rapes his wife. Yo, I mean, well, what what's the purpose motive? I don't even get it though. All right, so um, we outside uh, Max's apartment and Munch and Finn is talking to the doorman, and the doorman tells him that um that he caught a homeless guy in the building and then he threw him out and that that was like months ago or last year. He told, and they, he, the doorman tells residents to watch their backs as soon as they come in the building. And um, the doorman tells him that recently, maybe about a few months ago, or last year, the, the guy was calling for a doctor who lives in the apartment building, saying that he ruined his life. He's like a mad scientist and stuff like that. I mean, he was complaining, though. So when the doorman left, though, Ben asked Munch, though, who who's the doctor again? And Munch was like, he's a urologist. So, Max is a doctor. Ah. Okay, so um, we at the hospital right now, and um, ben Benson and Stabler are talking to this uh, secretary right behind the desk. She's like a nurse, or I don't know, a secretary, but we don't know her name is, though, but... Um, then you know the secretary tells them that um some guy was complaining like months ago about the surgery. He he complained to Max about the surgery or something like that though. I mean, I don't know what if that was like months ago. So um next thing you know is that um there's um Max's boss, his name is Dr. Carr, right? So so you know, Benson Sables do a walk and talk with the Dr. Carr and and Dr. Carr knows him as his professional name is Dr. Kleberg. So his name is, so the Max's name is Dr. Max Kleberg. And, um, and, uh, I know, you know, and they, they know that Max was one of the best surgeons and stuff like that, though. And Dr. Carr tells Benson Stabler that Max specializes in sexual dysfunctions like impotence, erection, and all that stuff. I mean, all these big sexual words to help men with succession, something like that, though. So, 
even though the, the max uh, the max had a couple play from one patient saying it messed him up or something like that though i don't know what it is though so um so um they were best stable asked uh, dr Carr about about their for the records and then and dr Carr doesn't want to give it up though and stable was asking was it criminal or civil something like that though and Dr. Carr didn't want to tell him anything about that, though. I mean, come on. He, 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 it's, it's, he didn't want to give out who the patient's name and anything like that, though. So they go back to the front desk, and then the secretary, they gave him the files, and she tells him that the guy who complained about the Max was Martin Welker. So, okay, so um, we're in the squad room right now, and Dr. Swan says... That this guy shows some sexual behavior, you know. I mean, that Dr. Wong and all that stuff. I mean, he's a man. Just, just check us out. Power, control, humiliation. He shows all the outward features of sadistic behavior. We're talking sexual sadist. He needed to inflict pain for excitement. He raped her in front of the husband. He spent a good long time beating the death. How's that for pain? This guy took periodic snack breaks. A cold predator who feels in complete control. He never said a word the entire two hours. So it could be fear of detection, especially if he's known to these people. Or sensory deprivation. His victims need to look for cues of what to do in order to survive, and he never gives them one. He knows that it's going to intensify the terror. Sociopath. You're looking for someone who has a history of violating the rights of others, who's uh, numb to the world, who has aggressive sex, drugs, fights. Okay, so Benson shows up. They have more in this file. Turns out that he attended uh, therapy for epilepsy C and stuff like that. And uh, next thing you know, Sable comes in saying that after his 12 weeks, he stopped taking it. He said he was arrested on a subway after uh, attempting to rape a woman. And he bashed the skulls of two guys who, attempt who attempted to stop him and all that stuff, though. So Craig was like, go pay him a visit. And then, so, um, anyway, I forgot to let you know that Max, right, then back to the hospital when Dr. Carr told him that Max had, um, cabbage or something like that, though. And what is, and they found, what is cabbage? He said, is this coronary bypass, um, surgery, something like that. I mean, he has some heart, he had a heart problems and all this stuff. So they gave him surgery and you know, it went well. And then his wife paid him and nursed him back to health. He sounded good as new and all that stuff, though. So, I don't know what it is, though. Okay, okay, so, so the surgery helps. I mean, he fell alive again and all that stuff, though. Okay, so um, we, let's go, we out on the street right now, and Munchen finished talking to Mr. Welker, and he's, you know, cleaning windows. I mean, he got some job, anything like that, though. So, they ask him where he was on Tuesday night, and Welker tells them that he was in group therapy, and, um, Next thing on Tuesday night, though, but he denies attacking the doctor or anything like that, though. And, um, it's, it's, and then, um, turns out the Finn was like, you know, he's he 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 slept, you know, he had to rape a woman and something like that. And Walker Martin denies that, though, because it wasn't him and anything like that, though. But much of Finn found out that he was suing the doctors, but why didn't he sue Dr. Um, the Max and, um, Martin was like, the, the his lawyer told him that he was judgment proof, and he also told Munch and Finn that he didn't have a penny to his name. Oh, so I mean, so he can't be sued. Oh my goodness, what is going on here? I mean, so so uh, Martin, you know, he says that he took the cream like the impotency, uh, and then something, and then. Um, and what happened, Max didn't tell him about the side effects. So he experienced side effects, and then he just, um, uh, and he trying to sue him and anything like that, though. Okay, so um, we, much of Finn, are talking to this guy at the bank, and the guy tells him that Max didn't have money to his name, but go over to his wife, though. And check this out. Max had problems with his estranged son, right? right? And from his, uh, from his ex-wife. Right, you know, as I said, I was his first marriage, and it's always that um that Max had to cut him out of the trust fund like several months ago and all this stuff though. 
because um I don't know what he did because um next thing you know he'd be asking for money, breaking the house. I don't know what is going on about here though. So so I mean Max man, Max's son has some problems and stuff like that. They're so estranged and stuff like that. I mean, why is that? I mean, listen, uh, I had a father. I mean, we weren't estranged. I love my father, even though when we were both divorced, even he divorced my mom and stuff like that. So he wasn't as strange as anything like that. I mean, he's my father. But what's with the beef and all this stuff, though? All right. So um, next thing you know, we're in um, the, we're back into uh, in the Max's apartment and his widow, Peyton's there talking to the best of the stabler. And um, they want to find out about his son, Jesse, because Benson Stabler told, says, they asked they ask her a question. They asked her, what does a perp look like? Was average height and stuff like that, though. But it turns out that, um, and, I mean, she tell you know, Faden tells Benson Stabler that uh, Jesse came by asking for money and stuff like that. I don't know what it's talking about that, though. So, I don't know what's with this beef with um, her um. No, no, that's not that's not her son. That's her stepson. Excuse me. I mean, it turns out um, Peyton tells me that her stepson came by recently asking for money and stuff like that, though. But she doesn't know. We give him a reason why he was looking for money in the first place. I mean, was it is does her stepson have a drug habit? Who knows about that though? So Benson. No, no, Stabler asked Peyton how would he describe her stepson Jesse because um, cause when they interviewed her earlier, though, she told him that the pro was had average height, average build, or something like that, though. So they asked they ask her how, Peyton, how she describes her stepson Jesse, and she didn't answer the question. So fade to black at the end of Act 1, now we're Act Two, and Munson Finn is talking to um, Jesse's college roommate, and I'm trying to figure it out that he looked—he looked like the—he looked like um—he—he he looked kind of familiar, but I mean, he—he he looked like that um that 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 Ben McKenzie from the OC, and um, later in um he he's recently appeared in um NBC Southland and Goffin, but. I don't know. I couldn't swore that it looked like that. That that that's that guy, that actor from the OC and um in the Fox series Gotham. He played Commissioner Gordon. That's Ben McKenzie. You know, remember that show um the OC where you know California Here I Come. You know, it's about a story about a teenager moving to LA, something like that, from a bad neighborhood. That was back in like two thousand three and something like that though. Yeah, the OC aired on Fox from two thousand three to two thousand seven. So I'm not sure that actor who's playing the college roommate is Ben McKenzie. So check this out. How's Jesse adapting to dorm life? At least here his Gestapo stepdad isn't searching through his things, violating his basic human rights. Taking a civics course this semester, are we? I'm applying at Stanford Law, after which I plan on working for the ACLU. Civil liberty's good, lawyer's bad. <laughs> I could have sworn it looked like that, that, that actor from the OC and Gotham, something like that, Benjamin McKenzie, but I'm going to call this actor a fake Benjamin McKenzie. So he looks just like him and stuff like that, though. But anyway, though, he plays um Jesse's college roommate, though, and he tells the detectives that you're violating his rights to watch him call or something like that, though. So much and Finn are worried that Jesse might be involved in drugs and shit like that, though. That's what they think. You know, but earlier when they was uh, when after when they started the investigation, it turned out that the perp have uh, broke in and um, stole the the jewelry and fifteen thousand dollars from the box. So they suspected it was probably their son. Um, son, their son is um, there's no they they suspected it was Max's son Jesse, you know, and uh, that's Peyton's stepson, something like that though. So. We in a college, we in a college dorm, something like that, and much of Finn's talking to Jesse's roommate, and they suspect they thinking he was on drugs, and then his roommate tells them that he don't do that kind of drugs though, and they want the detectives, they want to find out what Jesse does. So 
He so he didn't say it, but check this out though. We cut to the OTB, you know, like off track betting place, you know, when they had to bet the gambling and shit like that though. All right, so um now I mean they they find a bunch of them find Jesse over there trying to bet some money, stuff like that though. So next thing you know is that Jesse's at the window trying to give him money, something like that. And then the teller, when he saw the cops approach him, he was like, I'm sorry, let me see your ID. And Jesse becomes pissed, man. I mean, he said he even been there for 12 hours and stuff like that, though. And, uh, you know, the teller told him to step aside, let the man go through. And, and then Jesse was like, yo, I want my freaking pet, man. I'm fucking, my freaking pet. Next thing you know, Munch shows his badge and then Munch been arrested to Jesse and all that stuff, though. So they suspected that, you know, the that he uh, came stole his grand stole his uh, stepmother's jewelry. However, though, when Munch, no, no. However, when Benson and Stabler interviewed Peyton earlier, because about Jesse breaking in, about Jesse breaking into the house though, and Peyton tells him that he has a key and all that stuff though, but he would never stole jewelry and anything like that because she knows her stepson and all that stuff though. So, and it. And then um, speaking about the OTV off track betting, I mean, that's nowadays, you know, people when they have to bet or gamble, something like that, they just want to bet on a horse or something like that. I don't know what it is, though. But um, nowadays, uh, these people, though, they go bet like online or digital. Like, let me give you, for example, DraftKings, Caesar Sportsbooks, FanDuel, something like that. Like, you want to bet on games and stuff like that, though. But they didn't have back DraftKings or Caesars Sports back in 2001. I mean, we're dealing with like more than 20 years ago. I mean, DraftKings and Caesars Sportsbook or Vandal hasn't existed yet, though. They want to place bets and stuff like that, though. Nowadays, you got these people who's betting on horses and all that stuff, though. Like, off-track betting and all the stuff like that, though. That's for me. I never stepped with an OTB. But I did gamble one time for for one dollar because um the Bulls win the playoffs and I betted that the Bulls would lose and I lost the bet. I wanted the Knicks to win though, but that's another story though. Okay, so um we in the interrogation room right now and um Jesse is sitting there. Turns out this kid got a gambling problem. So Kevin and Craig is out there and um it wasn't for drugs, though. They surprised that he be doing gambling shit like that, though. So, all right. So, Benson and Stabler talk to um, no, no, no. Stabler talks to Jesse, and Jesse tells him that he started gambling when he was twelve years old, and he probably got that from his mother, stuff like that, though. I mean, and now he's like, so he's been gambling for like for a few years right now, though, and all stuff. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, though, the um, the lawyer Jesse's um lawyer shows up and tells him to stop this interview right now, and that was a quest from his biological mother. Oh, it turns out that Jesse's biological mother sent him a lawyer and stuff like that, though. So, and she's there in the precinct, waiting, waiting at Craig in the precinct. So she's already there in the precinct. So. We in the swamp right now. They they on the way to see um, Jesse's biological mother. Turns out that they checked Welker's DNA. And he's been cleared of all charges. He never came in, never broke in the house and beat the husband to death and raped the wife and then took the the money and the jewels though. So he's been cleared though. So only right now is deal with this this um little Jesse, the, the strange son Jesse. So we're in Craig's office, though, and he's just Jesse's biological mother, and she drops a bombshell that uh, Max has been cheating. Her her ex-husband, Max, had been cheating with his wife, Peyton. Oh, my goodness. I mean, ever since the surgery, I mean, Max, you know, he be, he be feeling young. He be getting busy, like, getting his freak on, just like Missy Elliott get your freak on. Like that, I mean, that was a hit back in 2001 or something like that, though. So, um, that's something like that, though. I mean, and then, then, um, 
Max's ex-wife says that he could fuck like ever like any once. I don't excuse my language. I don't know why I'm gonna say this though. Okay, we bet we cut to the hospital and Benson Sabler talked to just uh, secretary once again, the young girl, and then she admits that she had a fling with them, but she ended that fling with Max like a few months ago or stuff like that though, and she also mentions another doctor who had a thing with Max, and the person's name is Judy Trahill. And she works in radiology. So Benson Stabler talked to Judy and she said that she had a fling with Max, but somehow, you know, she decided to end that relationship because, you know, after his wife paid and found out something like that, though. You know what it is, though. Okay, so we in the squabble right now. It's like, um, they talk about, um, Walker and all this stuff, though. So, and then Ben, he just got off the phone. He says that um, Max had, like, hundreds of minutes on the phone, and and he was talking to, he, he was talking, he was, uh, he was spending all his time on the phone talking to Lana, check this out, Lara Todd. And, yo, check this out. That's the secretary that Benson and Stabler has been interviewing earlier. Oh, shit. So, turns <laughs> out that, I mean, and then she said, and Laura said that she ended her relationship with him like months ago, and she's still at it, and and then she's still talking to him. Doesn't mean no sense. So, so they, so Benson Stabler go to her go to her apartment, try to pick her up. You know, they got their guns out. They want to talk to Laura and stuff like that. And next thing you know is that um, they hear a noise and the doors breaking, and they enter Laura's apartment. And check this out though. They found Lara being raped on the damn table in her apartment. Holy shit. So that's the end of Act, act 2, Fade to Black. Now, we go to Act 3, and um, and, and Olivia's talking to Lara in the hospital. And um, Lara described her attack and all stuff, say, saying that um, she was being raped. And it turns out that the perp came by and then uh, she let him do this thing and you know rape her and stuff like that and then she pretended to sleep like and then thinking it would be all over and then when she woke up you know the perp attacked her again claiming that she was raped uh, however though it turns out that Lara was being threatened by Max's wife Peyton say if you ever see him again he, she's gonna make give make her life a living hell and shit like that though Holy shoot. <laughs> so they're trying to figure out if, if um, Max's um, second wife paid and staged the attack and all the stuff, though. Because Lara was being threatened by, by not being by um, Max's wife, you know, Peyton recently and all this stuff, though. So, so the detectives think that Peyton probably staged this attack and anything like that, though. Think that's something. So, so it turns out that um they wanted to find out about a paid and stage attack. So um they want to find out about um yeah they want to find out get it get Max's records and all that stuff though. So we at the Southern Place Bank and Munch and finished talking to um the the boss works at the bank and something like that though. So um and then so does they ask for the box and they much of it asked for the couple safety deposit box. And then and then you know the bank boss and it says she'll look it over for you though. So we outside the bank and then it is snowing outside and much of into a walk and talk. Turns out that Peyton took out like ten K Days before the murder, or something like that, though. So, it happened on the 23rd. So, they decided to go and get a search warrant on um, Peyton. So, we outside um, Peyton's apartment, something like that. That's an instable come in with the search warrant and cops coming in. And check this out, though. Sabler finds a box full of like the stolen jewelry. Oh, stuff. Oh shit! Turns out that um, 
maybe the, the perf probably hit that damn jewelry and stuff like that, though. I mean, that's crazy, something like that. So, we in an interrogation room and paid this there, and, um, she, she knew that Max was cheating on her with uh, Lara. She actually calls his mistress or anything like that, though. So it's like, um, whatever, though. I mean, they ask her about the $15,000 and all the stuff, though. No, 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 they ask her about the $10,000 she took out, though. And um, it turns out that um, Peyton hired, like, a private investigator. Okay, so... um. A private investigator. Oh, that sounds interesting. Something like that, though. So, we out there in the street, and Munch and Finn talk to the private investigator, and check this out. He's like a, a it's like a he a bald headed dude. He and he I, he had no mustache. I'm gonna tell you though, you don't even look like Magnum PI though with a mustache. Do you remember that show, Magnum PI? Ran for like eight seasons from 1980 to 1988. Made Tom Selleck a star. Now Tom Selleck is in this show called Blue Bloods. So you got this um ugly ass private investigator. He's bo- he's like bald on the top and he has hair on the side and he's taking pictures and stuff like that though. So I mean, they ask him about what happened during the murder, something like that though. And, and, oh, yeah, the P.I.'s name is uh, Vincent, Vincent Boyd. No, 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 no. Mr. His name is Mr. Volts. You know, like, in the Volts, the battery Volts, and something like that, though? All right. So, the Mr. Volts tells much of Finn that he was following a guy in New Jersey at the time of the rape and the, and the murder, and the murder and the rape, something like that. Not murder, I mean, the guy who got beaten to death and the rape and stuff like that, though. So, he he got paid by Peyton for to follow Max around and all that stuff, though. So, he's taking some pictures. Next thing you know is that um, after the Munch and Finn finished interviewing Mr. Volts, though, both Munch and Finn got the pictures. They see pictures of Max and Lara together, and they got this, this guy standing in the background watching them, staring at them like a stalker. Like, who is this asshole standing over in the background, huh? I don't know what it is, though. So, shoot. Okay, right now, though, we um cut to Benson Slaveler, though. They're outside Laura's apartment, and they show a picture of this guy, and they ask him if, he, if she recognizes him. And, um, and she tells him that, that this uh, guy named Vincent and him, and he lives in an apartment below her. And she always doesn't even know him that well. And she's like a neighbor and all that stuff, though. It's Vincent, Vincent, Vincent. So, Vincent Stabler. No, no, no. So, anyway, Laura tells him that Vincent is harmless, not violent. So, Vincent Stabler go down one flight. They go down one floor and go, they go down to Vincent's apartment, which is below Laura's apartment. They knock on the door. It's Vincent and all that stuff, and then he opens the door, and he got a cat right below him. And then if Vincent scoots the cat, this cat aside, and when uh, Stabler sees him, he's trying to say hi, be all nice and stuff like that, though. So Vincent Stabler want to ask Vincent a couple questions, and Vincent was like, "Hell no!" And they slammed the door in the face. Yo. <laughs> What the? Come on, man. This Vincent trying to be an asshole, something like that, though. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Please. That's the end of Act Three. Now, we in the Act Four right now, and um, they in the squad room right now. They on the board, and then to try and find out connection, cause, cause um, Laura Todd is connected to Vincent, who lives in a part in a in the apartment below her. And um, and it turns out that Lara is had an affair with the late Doctor Kleberg, who was married to was who was married who was married to his wife Peyton, but Peyton has no connection to Vincent or anything like that. Though I mean, and they did just wondering if uh, Peyton ran um Max man, man, man no Peyton ran visiting the hallway just to get rid of um 
Vax or something like that. I thought, they don't know what is going on around here, though. It's because there's no connection. I mean, so something's missing. You know, Cabot comes in and she's already got a lot of arrows going on around here. And it turns out that um, Kragen, right? Check this out. Captain Kragen, you gotta, you gotta give it up to Captain Kragen. He said he noticed that um, there's one, there's only one connection there. And it turns out to be a, a cat. And, and Vincent has a cat. And then the cat's name is Cleo, and uh, and the cat is like a, it's like a, it's a kind of cat. What do they call their name? What you would call it? I think it was a, it's like a terrier or something like that. Or I don't know what it is though. They they got these different types of cats around here though. So they wanted to prove they're about the cat DNA because they found like cat hairs on the duck on a, on a on the duct tape when they tie backs up and all that stuff. So they want to go see um, Final Cat then DNA because they did that a couple of times and stuff like that. And Craig was like, let's make it free. So we we got the detectives. They go to um, Vinny's apartment and you know, Benson... No, 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 excuse me. No, Stabler, Munch, and Finn are there trying to go search for a little cat, stuff like that. And then next thing you know, Finn was calling out this vulgar, vulgar thing and stuff like that. I don't see no cat. That doesn't mean anything. They're freaky little creatures. They lurk. We'll keep looking. We're checking on more. Yeah, pussy, pussy. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Finn said, Finn here, pussy, pussy, pussy. He got a lot of iced tea. And then, yo. <laughs> Munch was like, what? And Finn was like, that's not my expertise and stuff like that, though. So, I don't know. It's funny. You gotta go save pussy on the show, man. <laughs> Normally, you know, <laughs> Vice, he was supposed to say, here, kitty, 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 but he said, pussy, 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 pussy. Oh, my goodness. And first, I'm listening to two live crew up in here, and y'all, damn, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pussy, 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 pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to bend y'all leave. Let, let's go on, though. I mean, I'm just I'm trying to have a sense of humor going on right here, right? So, um, anyway, much finds the cat and all stuff. So, Stabler was going to go check on Lara. So, we go down to, we go down to Lara's apartment, Bess and Stabler there, and they noticed that they seen some fresh bruises on her or something like that, though. And Laura's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And um, they, they realized that uh, Vincent is possessive or something like that. So uh, Vincent suggested she should take Laura to the shelter, to the woman's shelter, shelter so in that way she could be safe. You know, she didn't say nothing like that, though. So the next day, we're in the lab, and then... Um, and this lab guy, he's trying to find the results for if the if the hair pioneers came from Vincent's cat, and you know um, Benson and Cabot are there. They want to find out the results. Turns out the hairs came from Vincent's cat. His name is Cleo. So they get the okay to search a warrant on Vincent. So later on, Vincent Stabler arrive outside Vincent's apartment, and they they hear a gunshot. So they come in, they see Lara in there pointing the gun at Vincent. And it turns out, I mean, it turns out that Lara killed Vincent. I mean, he's like dead and shit like that. So, and Vincent Sable had to arrest her. So we're in interrogation and Lara says that she has a toxic relationship with Vincent before he met, dealt with Max. She met Max. And, um... However, though, it's like um, he was too controlling and stuff like that. I mean, but she doesn't know much that much about Vincent because she met him at, at the building. That they were like neighbors and stuff like that, though. But somehow, you know, like the Vincent was wants to de- wants to deal with Laura or something like that. And then it just became toxic and stuff like that, though. I mean, 
But at first, Lara says she doesn't know Vincent that well, but I mean, she could be lying as hell. I mean, she's, um, she was dealing with Vincent, but he has a temper. He's too controlling. I mean, he's just being a jerk or something like that, though. I mean, so however, though, I mean, she when she met Max, you know, she felt more comfort and stuff like that, though, because he was older. Having that, that, that because not older, but he was not like Vincent and anything like that, though, or Vinny. So, in Craig's office, Craig says he wants to search the bow in, um, in Vincent's apartment, something like that, though. And then, then there's other proof. So, we we back inside Vincent's apartment, and much of Finn is there. They found uh, a por- VHS porn tape and all that stuff, though. And then <laughs> much of like bagging and stuff like that, though. Okay, so um, we cut to Cabot's office, and then um, Lara comes in, she talks to Cabot. And um, Cabot wanted her to see the uh, video or something like that, though. And it turns out it was first it was to be like a porn movie, but it turns out that the video catches Lara trying to <laughs> shoot, try to get like the hired Vincent to go to kill Peyton and stuff like that, though. Oh my goodness! Oh shit! <laughs> And next thing you know, Benson Stabler comes in. I mean, Lara, I mean, she is busted. I mean, she just lied her ass off. I mean, she hired Vincent to kill um to kill um to kill um Max's wife. No, 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 no. He she just hired um Vincent to kill Max and anything like that. I don't know. I mean, like that though. I mean, or um however though and the capital was like the, um, that uh, Vincent didn't even trust you or anything like that, though. So, however, though, and then, uh, however, she hired, I want to understand that um, Lara said that um, Vincent, Vincent was supposed to kill Peyton first or something like that, though. And then next thing you know, but what happened was he killed Max instead. And then when then, and then, and then, and then next thing you know of it, he killed the uh, Peyton. And he owned her, or something like shit, like that though, like raped by blackmail, stuff like that though. So, it doesn't make no sense. Why would Laura hire Vincent to get rid of his, get rid of his wife and stuff like that though? But check this out. You know, Laura dropped a bombshell, and. She tried. She tried to tell them that who he had. Uh, he took the fifteen thousand dollars in his jewelry. She told him it was Max, and <laughs> it turned out that Max wanted to kill his wife so he could be with Lara, and and what happened was that that was the original. That was the original plan. He was um he that that um Vincent was supposed to um to kill Max's second wife but instead he killed him instead because why because Vincent is a psycho and he's jealous and shit like that though oh my goodness it, and Max was sending his wife to be killed so he could be with his mistress Lara oh my goodness <laughs> so it turns out that uh, that um <laughs> Matt with Max was um but they don't but detective didn't get the Max wanted to stage it, it, uh, his own death, and it wasn't so. However, though, I don't know what it is, though. But we cut to Peyton right now, and she was like, "How can Max be with some type of piece of shit like that, though?" And they went, and then Vincent's face, David felt sorry for her. I mean, and then Peyton was like, "Why would he want to stage his own death or anything like that, though?" And then Stabler tells Peyton, "He wasn't supposed to die. You were." And uh, she just stands there. Then she didn't say nothing. Made of black. This has, and then ended the ep- end of the episode. Oh shit! So it turns out that yo, I mean, he he the the, the uh, doctor wanted his wife to be killed to be with his mistress, but it turns out that some jealous psycho. I mean, Laura's jealous psycho bad boyfriend decided to kill him instead and rape the wife, though. I'm like, <laughs> the plan had just backfired. So what the doctor did was just so stupid. I mean, he wanted to set his wife to be killed, 
And luckily, he knows that <laughs> that this crazy ass guy we killed him instead. <laughs> oh, it's all about karma. I mean, you see, that the doctor's so stupid. He want to kill his wife to be with the mistress, and you know, it turns out that you know that the heart attack changed him and all that stuff. I mean, he got surgery like he and and he goes back to hell. He felt young and whatever, so like that. I mean. Yo, you wanted to set your wife to be killed? That was a big mistake. And karma got to him. I mean, you get you dealing with some little psychopath or possessive psychopath. You know, he had to kill you instead of her. But Lara says that that wasn't the original plan, though. He wanted, she wanted Vincent to kill his wife for her, not not the Max. So, I'm telling you, tell you, I mean, love is twisted in some, some sort of ways, though. I mean, the doctor is... <laughs> the doctor is a, a, is a dummy. And, and and all the evidence turns to, like, from a cat. The, the You know, the perp's cat. So, the perp, Vincent, though, he did kill the husband, rape the wife, and... and um, and the stolen jewelry and the money was planned by Max. I mean, uh, but things don't work well. So that's the end of the episode. Now I'm telling you, the weather has gone crazy like a roller coaster. Like I'm on um, Six Flags Great Adventure or Coley Island Astroland, shit like that. Because um, last week, man, it felt like spring, man. And then next thing you know, it was a couple of days later, it would start snowing and it getting cold. Now, like, the weather's going, like, let's go and get mild again. I mean, February, man, we be seeing, like, like the different types of climate, something like that, though. I mean, one day it feels like spring, next thing you know, it feels like winter, and then the following day it feels like when summertime. I don't know. I mean, these people try to be messing with the weather, something like that, though. I don't know what it is, though. But, um, I mean, we didn't get that much snow this season, at least, though. And I wanted more snow. And I, because I like the snow. I ain't talking about snow white. I ain't talking about coke. Okay, okay, okay. I'm talking about pure snow, man. It's, it's so white and so beautiful. It's nice, though. Anyway. For the past few weeks, though, I wanted to have a one-on-one interview with the former SVU showrunner, Neil Bear. And I want to ask him about certain episodes and how he changed things around, though. That's what I want. But nobody wants... I don't know what happened here, though. Now, I want to show you... What's your, what's your thoughts about this episode, huh? So just leave a comment, and then, you know, and then I'll get back to you. I mean, what you think about... What you think about uh, today's episode so far, though? Right? You just answer. Just leave the comments, and I'll get back to you. All right? Oh yeah. By the way, I just want to have a remind you, right, that Law and Order is coming back on February twenty fourth. Right? This is this Thursday. Right? So, if you're a Law and Order fan, if you and if you've been watching reruns, you should check it out. So I should check it out too. So. Remember, Lord Order is coming back on Thursday, February 24th on NBC, right? It's going to be a three-hour block of Lord and Orders, all right? So, check it out. So, anyway, I'm, I want y'all to thank you for listening in. And um, if you're so loyal, yeah, it's with God. I mean, I'll be back with next week of the new episode. So, I just wanted to, this is a one-man show, so I just wanted to thank y'all for listening, especially the ladies. Thank you for listening in and then give you the recap of Law & Order. So, hopefully, no, excuse me, Law & Order SVU. So, you already know that um, this is a, this has been twisted, a Law, a Law & Order SVU podcast. Produced by myself, shoot by me, directed by me. I'm like a one-man show up in here, man. I wish I had a partner with me so we could talk about these episodes, though. I mean, all right? So, I just wanted to say thank you for listening in. And um, 
and I I like to give you a lot of information on the, and break down the scenes on the episode. So if you love it, all right. So I want to say enjoy your week, and I'll be back next week a new episode. And this 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 is and this um podcast is being recorded from my house. Good night. Good goodbye.